Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. I think it's the best show on the air ever that has been. It's weird how good it is. It's so strange. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, September 13, 2022. And this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi, day 602, the Biden-Harris administration, 55 days until the 22 midterms. Find me on Instagram, the Bob Seska, Twitter, Bob Seska underscore go. And, of course, our Patreon page, bobseskashow.com. Plus, you can follow Buzz Burbank at Michael J. Elston on Twitter. Do it right now, because there he is. You say not ready. You said it all. Hi, how I, are you? I, I still have my golf cleats on. <laughs> get these off. So that's what you're doing. Uh, anyway, hi. Hi, everybody. Uh, he's Bob. Mm-hmm. I'm Buzz. And we're not sure how this happened, but Queen Elizabeth left us her corgis. <laughs> Good dog. Pooping all over the place. Trump uh, was shocked this week when he heard the queen had died. He was like... Lindsay? <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> Strap yourselves in. Uh, Britain's new king wants to be known as Charles III. Uh, Charles I was actually beheaded, but you know, sequels are never as good as the originals. And also, Pope Francis has been talking openly about retirement. He mm-hmm. says the job is too demanding, having to run place to place apologizing. <laughs> Uh, uh, And uh, other world news, tensions over Ukraine Mm -hmm. have prompted Russia to shut off its natural gas pipeline to Germany. It's bad now, but we could have used that 80 years ago. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, lessons learned. Uh, Steve Bannon's in jail. How about that, huh? Mm -hmm. Steve Bannon's in jail. A, A judge has denied his request for a new trial because he never cleaned up for the first one. Contempt of hygiene. And and Chief Justice John Roberts over the weekend uh, spoke out to defend the legitimacy of the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he was wearing his white robe at the time. More fun, more music, the Bob Seska Show. All right, here we go. Brand new week with Rocky Mountain Mike. And we caught him the Trump. <laughs> he came back out. Because we love our country, baby. Why can't they see? 
He's crooked and shady And we don't believe a word he says Not a word, no We can't go on together With seditious crimes Mike, Mary in Ann Arbor. I had to play this one for a number of reasons, including the fact that we finally saw that Elvis movie over the weekend. Ah, good for you. I've seen it as well. I loved it. What a great performance that was. And holy shit, Tom Hanks. Is that really how Colonel Tom Parker sounded? That was my big question throughout it. Did he sound that weird and cartoony? I don't don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) You know, what's interesting about uh, the public reception to that movie is its its viewer ratings, uh, you know, how people rank the the movie. You know, they rate it with Rotten Tomatoes or whatever. Uh Uh, It's not getting great reviews. It's getting good reviews from the viewing public, but not great. And I think the reason may be uh, Elvis fans who are not happy with the movie. I mean, you know, the diehard oh, Elvis yes. nuts. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, of uh, course. You know, and so I think that's kind of hurt the movie's overall rating, but I thought it was quite good, and apparently you did too. I mean, there have been lots of portrayals of Elvis, some of them good, some of them completely divorced from what Elvis was actually like, more cartoony, caricature-like. Mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. was so accurate, and especially in that last performance where he's he's fat and high as a kite and all kinds of pills and drugs and and that part of it that last performance you yeah. squint and you're looking at elvis that's how yeah. accurate it was and i give it well, that was, a lot of credit for that that was elvis's voice and all the singing but the actor did a, a great job with it and uh what it really impressed me and impressed me early on in the movie and stuck with me all the way mm. is elvis had genuine love and genuine friendship yeah. for black musicians. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, th- in that respect, there wasn't a racist bone in his body, but <laughs> he he made his fortune singing their songs. Yeah, he co-opted uh, to, them, to, yeah. To, to, to a large extent. So, you know, mixed feelings about that. But I was impressed by, uh, according to this account, Elvis was in no way racist. He, he yeah. loved his black musician friends, and that love was genuine. And, and the movie seemed to indicate that he would rather spend time with them than a lot of the people he was spending time with. Okay, well, I would give that a, like a solid A minus. The Elvis movie, I thought it was pretty good. So yeah, we'll yeah, I, so did I. Well, while we're on entertainment news, how do you feel about being snubbed by the Emmys again? I, you know what? Damn the Academy for not uh, awarding anything to Ray Seahorn and, and Bob yes, Odenkirk and, yes. and Better Call Saul. Uh, the most perfectly written, constructed, performed series in modern times, and it still can't get recognized by the Academy. It's so strange. Well, they were nominated, and as they said at the top of the show, that's a big deal, but what happens the next day is the press lists who was snubbed at the Emmys. Well, Uh in a sense, no one was snubbed, and in another sense, many shows were snubbed. Mm -hmm. Uh, 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 Not only Better Call Saul, but... Gaslit uh, was uh, snubbed, uh, yeah. Gaslit, completely not mentioned at all. Yeah. Ozark. Uh, there were 
were a number of shows that that seemed to be ignored, but they were nominated. Mm -hmm. And the problem, it seems to me, is there are so many nominees and so many of them are deserving. And oftentimes two cast members from the same show are competing against each other, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and so it's just very difficult to pick a single winner. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so it's, it's still a weird thing about the Emmys, but, uh, you know, I, I'm glad some of the shows got recognition. Others shows I didn't care about so much, but uh, some of my some of my shows were recognized, and I appreciate that. Uh, hats off to Abbott Elementary that spent all of that. It's a great show. First oh, yeah. of all, I'm sh I'm, I doubt that you've watched. Have you watched it? I haven't seen, seen it? it. I haven't seen it yet. It's it's an ABC sitcom, and you think, well, right there, we're screwed, you know. <laughs> but the 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 yeah. truth is, educators, teachers love this show, and mm -hmm. when it came time. When, when Abbott Elementary was given its budget to promote itself in the Emmy competition, that's where they buy ads in Variety saying, vote for us. They buy ads in the SAG-AFTRA magazine saying, vote for us. Instead of spending that money on that, uh, the Abbott Elementary crew uh, donated that money to schools. Oh, good for uh, them. That's a great know, idea. And, and, yeah. and subsequently did not win. <laughs> they, they got a couple of Emmys for writing and, and uh, Best Supporting Actress, but mm -hmm. uh, they were otherwise snubbed, if we must use that word. Yes, indeed. I was glad to see uh, The White Lotus won a bunch of awards, too. That was one of the best series of gotta, last year. Yeah. Gotta see that. Yeah. Seen oh, it my yet. God. It's, it's a much must-watch show. Absolutely. It's still in my queue. <laughs> so, so interesting and weird and unique uh, from top right. to bottom. Murray Bartlett won, I guess, last night, and he was mm -hmm. outstanding in that series. Everyone was so good. It was. It's hard to pick out one thing that was a standout right. performance or thing about that series. It was just overall really good. And significant that John Oliver uh, beat out uh, Stephen Cole bear in that, oh, yeah, in that yeah, category. Yeah, what do they yeah. call it? Comedy variety or something like that? Well, we got so much to uh, get to <laughs> yes, today. Yes, yes. Uh, but of course, let's talk about me for a second. <laughs> uh, enough about you. Let's talk about you. Yeah, thank you. I had a, a great time bike riding with Stephanie Miller on Saturday. Hey, she was in town great. for a sexy liberal show in D.C. at Sydney Harmon Hall. Kimberly and I couldn't make the show. So instead, what I said to Stephanie is, well, why don't we just why don't we do a bike ride? earlier on Saturday before right. you have to start getting ready for the show. So that's what we did. We met up in, in the district, met up downtown. Uh, Stephanie rented a bicycle and we headed down the National Mall where it was packed with people and then got to around the Watergate, which is where the trail begins, the CNO Trail, the Capitol right. Crescent Trail, all these trails. Familiar. Yeah. And so we headed down that way and Turned around at a certain point after probably about 10, 12 miles because it was getting late in the day. <sighs> and uh, on our way back, we're sort of riding a little bit side by side. I think I was uh -huh. I was briefing Stephanie on what was going on with the Jeffrey Berman situation, which we're going to talk right. about here in just a second. Right. And this guy comes out of nowhere and suddenly I hear right behind me, on your left! And, oh. and that surprised and shocked me, sure. causing me to swerve like Toonce's The Driving Cat style. <laughs> and then over I go, like I kind of lost my balance and lost my bearings. Oh. And so I crashed my bike down this embankment, this wooded oh. embankment, through like pricker bushes and thorn oh and trees God. and saplings oh, and wow. things How embarrassing. hit me. Well, yeah, it was embarrassing <laughs> and painful. And then I, I, the way I landed, my left leg was wedged between my bicycle and oh, this tree. Oh, and then the yeah. bicycle, because I was on this very steep slope, 
I couldn't free the bicycle from you trapping were hold- my leg. So The weight of your body was holding down the bicycle. Yeah, so I yeah, was thinking, yeah. well, I think the weight of the bicycle, plus it was kind of wrapped around the tree a little bit, oh, like a vice grip around my leg. Is is the bike okay? The bike is fine, believe it or not. The bike <laughs> okay, is in much right. better shape than I am right now, that's for sure. But it was one of those situations where had I been by myself, I'd still be in that ravine. I'd still be trapped oh, down well, in the woods there. Had oh, you been by yourself, <laughs> yeah. Had you been by yourself, you might not have ended up in the ravine. <laughs> well, that, that's true. There were. It was that guy's fault. I mean, that guy yeah, yeah. came out of nowhere, surprised yeah. me, oh, and yeah. in order to maneuver out of the way, because we're talking about a trail, it's about five or six feet wide, and on right. the left side of the trail, the direction we were headed is the CNO Canal which right. is the most stagnant, disgusting water I've ever seen in my life. It's Fortunately, this, you, you didn't land in that, did you? No. no I mean, th- no. that's, the to me, the big takeaway of that bike yeah. crash was that it could have been a thousand times worse. I could have yeah. landed in that water where there are most certainly all kinds of creepy crawlies, water moccasins, and all the rest of it down in there, on top of bacteria just waiting to crawl up into all of your orifices the, if you end up you in that a flesh-eating virus. Yeah. A flesh-eating virus, yeah. That's right. one, yeah. one yeah. of the many things I'm sure down there. And also, I could have ended up crashing into either Stephanie or that guy, and it wouldn't have just been me who was injured. It would have been several people. And so uh, what I ultimately did, I think, was the best-case scenario in in that circumstance. You took one for the team. Yeah, so Stephanie crawled down that hill, crawled down that embankment, And uh, along with this guy who drove me off the road, oh, good. Uh, lifted the bike up and off of my leg so I could free myself okay. and crawl back up. Yeah. Des- describe your injuries, please. Well, first of all, I'll talk about the serious injuries first. We'll do the serious ones okay. first. I've had right. a shitty shoulder for like a year now. I've got a, a, an, what they call an impingement where I, one of the tendons in my rotator cuff is like, uh, inflamed and won't heal for some reason. Hmm. And so I've been dealing with that. And then this crash aggravated my shoulder injury. And then plus later that day, after I got home, I went and got my uh, bivalent Pfizer vaccination right, <laughs> at the pharmacy right. in the same shoulder. So this left right. shoulder is just a mess right now because of those two things. And then I bashed my ribs against my left rib cage against that tree that had yeah. had my leg trapped oh, too. Ouch. So are you bruised? Are you bruised I'm, ribs? I'm bruised. I'm, I've got some oh, road geez. rash on uh, oh, like sure. on my side. I've got the oh, other geez. the minor injuries basically like a bunch of small like small little men with swords came up and slashed me all over my legs. Like a thousand paper cuts all of them, like that sort of thing. Then there's a huge gash across the back of my leg. It's kind of a mess. But those are the the very minor injuries that I I have no issue with. It's just right now, it's just my rib cage and my shoulder are just absolutely killing from that crash. But I got to thank Stephanie Miller for jumping in and helping me out of that ravine. I mean, Stephanie Miller, I, I could Stephanie Miller yeah. could fit into my left leg. I mean, that's that's <laughs> the size difference between the two yeah. of us. And yet she was able to come down and help me out and everything turned out to be that's fine. So nice. I rode the rest of the way back to uh, the rental place with Stephanie and it was just one of those things where uh, eventually you ride your bike long enough 
Uh-huh. You're going to end up in a crash. And that was yep. my crash. <laughs> so I've been there. I, on the bright side, I get to hit reset on my crash timeline. So I guess, I, okay, <laughs> let's well, give me another been, few years before I do that again. <laughs> it's been one day since Bob's bike had an accident. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's been one day since I did, well, listen. Uh, since I did a Toonses off of a ravine. Yeah. Yeah. All over the town. There he is. Toonses, the driving cat. I know, I know hindsight is, uh, doesn't seem helpful, but maybe this will help you in the future. I think you made a tactical error. Okay. I think you should have waited until after the accident to tell Stephanie, I can't be in the show. I'm injured. (laughs) You see, that would have worked so much better. I would have hobbled out there like Willy Wonka in that opening scene with the cane and looking doddering. And yeah, that would have been me if I had uh, been able to attend that. Well, get better soon. Yes, if my laughter is a little bit stifled, yeah. it's just uh, I don't think I cracked any ribs. I just think I've got a pretty bruise, pretty bad I had that. bruising under there. Yeah, I had that for a while from a bike fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but uh, we do hope you recover soon. And I think the audience should know it only hurts when you laugh. And so you were very valiant to be laughing during the monologue today. <laughs> That's uh, right. Some would say crazy, but but definitely valiant. Yes, indeed. Well. Yeah, really, I, 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 I don't know if this is, speaks to my wiring or what, but <laughs> the only thing that I could think of over and over again is, man, that could have been a hell of a lot worse. There could have been yeah. the Potomac River down there. Uh, there could have been rocks down there, giant boulders. There could have been barbed wire down there. There could have been all kinds of disastrous things. like The uh, ghost of G. Gordon Liddy. You just don't know. <laughs> a whole series there. of rakes hitting as a, hitting me in yes. the face as I careen down the uh, down the gully. But well, uh, You're Bob, but you're not Sideshow Bob. So. Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. And plus, uh, thankfully, I was with Stephanie, and, and she was able yes. to help me out there. No so kidding. she's, she's a, my hero a, today. What so. a mensch. Yeah, that's great. Hero that, of the day, that, for sure. That's how we know Stephanie. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be telling these stories like uh, Quint and... And Hooper for the next. <laughs> you know the scene in Jaws where they're sitting around talking about their shark injuries? That's going to be me and Stephanie right. for like the next 10 years. We've got 10 years of stories. The wounds will heal, but the stories will last forever. So Lord there's man, there's know. that on the upside. Yeah. So They'll just become just, legend. I just, just call me Toonses. No. All over the town. Who? Toonses, the driving cat. That's me. <laughs> All right. So, uh, okay. Ooh. So. I have no idea why mm. Donald Trump was in Sterling, Virginia over the weekend. Mm. Do you have any guesses, Buzz? Do you have any theories as to why he secretly jetted off from Bedminster with his golf clothes, well, landed at Dulles, and then ended up at uh, his Sterling, Virginia golf resort? Judging from the list of people, and I don't know if I can pull this up again, but judging from the list of people who were with him there on the golf course, uh, I'm thinking witness tampering. Uh, that's my... <laughs> Uh, Devin Nunes was there. Ron Johnson was there. Really? Uh, Yeah, some of those other types were were there, along with his, you know, his uh, property manager and his security guy and, and, and some others. But uh, Eric, you know, I just I saw Eric I think Trump there. Yeah, Eric. Eric was there. Uh, there's, I think there's always reason to be suspicious. Uh, yeah. m- maybe it was nothing. Uh, we're hearing. We're even hearing now that you know the, maybe those weren't even golf shoes when he got off the plane. Uh, you know, and that he was 
But if he was going to play golf, it was raining. You know, I, it's really hard to make heads or tails of this story. And maybe it's all just a distraction anyway. I think it's fun to occasionally engage in this kind oh, of speculation sure. about what Trump is up to. And I think it makes sense. It's completely rational, too, to make yes. your first assumption the crime assumption. I mean, that's mm -hmm. always been mm -hmm. my mantra here with Donald Got Trump following be. along. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't deserve the benefit of the doubt on anything. No. If he no. looks like he's up to something shady, he probably is up to something shady. And that's right. And that was my first go-to on this. The, yeah. The other thing to remember is this comes on the heels of former FBI agent Peter Strzok posting video, yeah. Yeah. Uh, passing along, retweeting video of uh, uh, boxes being loaded onto a plane <laughs> bound for Bedminster, yeah. New Jersey, his golf course there. <laughs> and the boxes were marked exactly the same way as the boxes in the FBI photograph of the documents taken from Trump's closet at Mar-a-Lago. Yes. Uh, the, you know, why, and a lot of us have the same question. Why haven't they raided Trump Tower? Why haven't they raided Bedminster? Why mm -hmm. haven't they raided his golf course in Sterling, Virginia? Uh, these are, why haven't they dug up Ivana? I don't know, you know? I mean, we don't know where he's put these these documents. Yeah, and to me, that's the bigger story. The Bedminster, three days after Nara contacted yeah. him about the missing documents, because that shows or illustrates that perhaps Donald Trump absconded with a bunch of documents, brought them up to Bedminster. It's possible that these stories are connected insofar as maybe the, there was some speculation that maybe the FBI was going to uh, search Bedminster and... Right. Uh, search Trump Tower, so Trump had to go to Sterling in order to avoid being held in you know, in uh, leg irons or whatever out in the driveway or <laughs> however they do those things, whatever happens right, right. to uh, the suspect in those searches. But as far as what was going on in Sterling, my most rational observation, my most rational theory is that he was maybe looking to sell that golf resort and maybe, maybe those are potential buyers that he was showing around hence <laughs> eric trump with him because uh -huh. as we know eric trump is basically the uh -huh. guy who runs the trump organization day to day. naturally we picked the dumb guy to be our business manager yeah exactly right yeah. shocking that donald trump would have such trouble with his businesses failing catastrophically and shocking, and, and, and shocking or not once again he's doing something that makes him look suspicious whether yeah. he is or not right right so i think my first choice probably the most likely choice that he's up to something that's a fair assumption yeah, given his right. track record second choice maybe he's something more innocuous like trying to unload the sterling virginia country club right. because he is so desperate for cash we all know and we've been saying this emphasizing this every chance we get right. that donald trump is basically broke his entire mm -hmm. fortune is being upheld by uh, russian money and scotch tape and all the rest i mean he, it's right. it's a potential disaster at any given second he's constantly chasing cash yeah exactly right, right. right chasing the next paycheck and so this might be a situation where if he's looking at losing the RNC funding of his legal bills, which mm -hmm. he has, the RNC is not going to cover his legal bills on this Mar-a-Lago search and seizure uh, espionage act situation. They've already declared that they're out. They're going to cover other things, but not this one. And so he's going to need the cash in order to defend himself. 
and I'm sure it's much more serious than what we're hearing at this point. So he may need to start selling off properties in order to finance his legal defense when it comes to uh, the Espionage uh, Act violations as well as the obstruction of justice and, and anything else that comes up along the way. So many. In this ongoing document story. So that's my theory. I think it's Fair a reasonable enough. theory. I'd love to hear more theories in our comments on our Patreon page if you yes, want to please. post what you think about all of this. But don't lose sight of the bigger story, which is this Bedminster story. Right. Where, yeah, there's video of those, as you were saying, those boxes being carted into uh, Bedminster. I'm surprised, or I would be surprised, if the FBI has no interest in searching Bedminster or Trump Tower or any place right. else Trump has been to look for these documents. Because there are many... I'm, I'm sure they're proceeding cautiously. On the other hand, we all know time is of the essence. And yeah. uh, the longer you delay these things, the greater the chance that evidence can get away. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, we're, we're terrified about that. But the uh, 40 subpoenas issued over the last week, 30 of them to Trump White House people, the rest to campaign people, uh, two people, uh, one from the campaign, one from the White House, have had their phones seized. Uh, Bannon, Steve Bannon, claims 35 homes were raided, which yeah. kind of matches uh, the DOJ. DOJ information or what we learned about the DOJ this week from, oh, yeah. I believe, the New York Times. Uh, you know, so uh, it's not it's not as if Garland isn't doing anything. It's not as if the Justice Department isn't doing anything. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I'm encouraged about that. And, uh, yeah, he has reason to, to panic. There's That 40 is, subpoenas is a lot of people. Yes, it is. According to New York Times, uh, Boris Epstein uh, had his cell phone seized. There were at least two people, including Boris Epstein. The other guy was Mike Roman. He's a campaign strategist who was the director of the Election Day operations for the Trump campaign in 2020. Right. Uh, Mr. Epstein and Mr. Roman have been linked to the critical element of Mr. Trump's bid to hold on to power. The effort to name slates of fake electors pledged to Ms. Mr. Trump from swing states won by Joe Biden in 2020 as part of that effort to block or delay congressional certification of Biden's Electoral College victory. One of the recipients, people said, was uh, Dan Scavino, uh -huh, Trump's good. former social media director who rose from working at a Trump-owned golf course to become one of his most loyal West Wing <laughs> aides and has remained an advisor since Mr. Trump left office. Stanley Woodward, one of Mr. Scavino's lawyers, declined to comment to the Times. Another, here's a familiar name, another blast from the past, uh -huh. Bernie Carrick. Remember Bernie Carrick? Oh, very well. Rudy Giuliani's best buddy. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah went to prison. He was uh, considered a 9-11 hero initially, right after... Uh, As was Rudy, believe that, it or not. Oh, yes. The, both of them were seen walking around in the aftermath of the 9-11 attacks. Mm -hmm. And he was the former New York City police commissioner. He was right, uh, right. promoted claims of voter fraud alongside uh, Rudy Giuliani. Yes, he did. He was issued a subpoena by prosecutors with the U.S. Attorney's Office in Washington. His lawyer, Timothy Parlatori... <laughs> <laughs> Shocking there'd be a guy with a vowel ending his last name, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mr. Sorry. Palatori said his client had initially offered to grant an interview voluntarily. So uh, that's his reaction to the subpoena. So uh, everyone's being dragged in. You get a subpoena. You get a subpoena. Get a subpoena Everyone gets a yeah. subpoena. They're handing out subpoenas like Oprah hands out cars. Um, right. 43 empty folders. Just want to bring that up again. That was yeah, on the inventory. This, empty folders. And yeah. so there was there was a lot of speculation. Remember. As yeah. to what happened to those documents, were they just misplaced? Were they taken out of the folders and just placed somewhere else in those boxes? Or are mm -hmm. they legitimately missing? Well, now, yeah. Buzz, we found out that they're legitimately missing. And the phrase that shocked me the most in this yes. filing from last week is okay. the documents are either lost 
or compromised. That is an amazing admission from the DOJ. Uh, kind just of the from same a, thing. Yeah, from a point of just being shocked in terms of, right. holy shit, which is worse of those two options, that they this were lost called, or compromised? This has been called, and accurately, I think, the greatest security breach in the history of this nation, and yeah. it was committed by a president and former president. It's incredible. What do you think is the worst case scenario between those two options, lost or compromised? Would you rather they have been lost or that they have been compromised? I don't know which well, one I'd side with. Neither is good. I guess yeah. compromised is worse, but yeah, lost is yeah. virtually the same as compromised as far as security is concerned. Sure. The documents could still be lost. And also compromised. Yep. <laughs> so, it can be both. And if they were just lost, where are they? And who has mm -hmm. seen them? Who has right. found them? What happened to them? And so what a goddamn mess. And then uh, Donald Trump has rejected, not a shock here, he's rejected uh, the Justice Department's request to continue the damage assessment with those 100 TSSCI documents. Well, of course he did. As you recall, the DOJ tried to give uh, Judge Cannon an, like a get-out-of-jail-free card. Not an literally, out, yeah. but an out in this ridiculous decision she's made about the special master. And uh, in doing so, the DOJ requested that they be allowed to continue looking at those 100 TSSCI documents and naturally, the Trump people said, no, no, well, because of course they're going to say no. Of course they're not going to agree to a goddamn thing that the DOJ wants. Well, that's not the end of this, and I don't know if you're ready to talk about special master yet, but uh, uh, this special master, there was a lot of concern by progressives when they heard last night that uh, the DOJ had accepted uh, one of the proposed special masters from the Trump side. Yeah. Well, I, I understand the initial concern there, but the truth is that uh, uh, Raymond Deary is a widely respected judge, widely respected. Mm -hmm. uh, but even though he was appointed by Reagan, Democrats uh, support this guy. Uh, and, and I think it's important for our folks to know that uh, his work could eclipse anything that Judge Cannon is doing. And in fact, it, it could force her to reverse some of her rulings because he's going to get a look at these exact documents that you were just discussing about whether or not they're classified. Trump claims some of them may not be classified, that some of them are his. And, well, that's what the special master will sort out. So it doesn't mm -hmm. matter what Trump says. It doesn't matter what Judge Cannon says. It doesn't matter even for the moment what DOJ says. It's up to this very trustable judge uh, Raymond Deary. And uh, he's going to look at this and decide what's classified and what's not uh, and find out. And uh, we'll, we'll find out who was telling the truth. I suspect uh, this will come down on the side of the Justice Department mm -hmm. and that will put Judge Cannon in a corner. Yeah, and never put Judge Cannon in a corner. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. right. Uh, have we learned yet whether or not they're going to file that appeal uh, to Judge Cannon's ruling? Have they decided whether or not to go forward with that? I know they had an uh, appeals document ready to go for the 11th Circuit last week, but I don't know if that's been officially filed yet. Do we know that yet? Yeah, no, I haven't. I haven't heard. Okay. Uh, I I suspect they would. Uh, if they haven't filed it, they will. Yeah. Uh, I I would come down on the side of they probably filed it, uh, but the judge hasn't spoken on it yet. Yes. Plus, we haven't heard whether or not Judge Cannon is going to grant the DOJ uh, their request to go forward looking at these documents because the ODNI right. the ODNI has no idea what that office should do with their damage assessment at this point because they don't know the parameters of this right. order. 
order because it's so shoddy and ridiculous. Yeah, at first she didn't stop the security review, and now she has. Yeah. I, I think that uh, Judge Deary can turn this around pretty quickly and, and get that going again. I, yeah, I have a lot yeah. of faith in this guy. Okay, I hope your faith is well-placed. Yes, me too, <laughs> Because always. I'm just, like, once again, as with anything with Donald Trump, it's right. like leaning too far back in your chair and almost uh, falling over and catching yourself at the last minute. The the arguments that the Trump lawyers are making are, are specious, and while a Judge Cannon may be willing to go along with them, I don't think Judge Deary, in fact, I'm pretty sure Judge Deary won't. Okay. And so, I, you know, they can ask all day. They can request mm. and file motions all day long, but as long as they keep filing BS, uh, they're not going to get anywhere. And right. I look forward to that outcome, and I think that's an outcome we can expect. Okay, well, uh, coming up here in a few minutes, I want to talk about um, the latest from podcaster Matt Walsh and the ramifications mm. of this jihad that he's on when it comes to Boston's Children's Hospital, of all right. places. Right. There's more news on this front. It is shocking and disturbing, and I will again ask this question in a few minutes, but I'm going to suggest it now once Close again. Now. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, all of these podcast platforms continue mm -hmm. to carry the Matt Walsh show, despite the fact that he's engaged in stochastic terrorism against mm -hmm. Boston's Children's Hospital. Right. I mean, any hospital would be bad enough. But the fact that it's a children's hospital with sick children in it right. indicates and that this is a particularly uh, brazen and reckless uh, little bit that he's doing bit. on his show. This is a right-wing attack on children. This is a right-wing attack on trans people. This yes. is a right-wing attack on medical caregivers. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm looking forward to talking about this. It's it's very concerning. And, and amid all the other things that are going on, this can't be ignored. I can't believe, by the way, yeah. that a half hour has gone by. Already. I know, I know. <laughs> Plus, we haven't even gotten to Jeffrey Berman yet, something we talked right. about on Friday's After Party. Jeffrey Berman's that. got a new book out, and now uh -huh. we've got some additional details in terms of what's going to happen with the allegations from that book. Yes. Involves Bill Barr, involves Donald Trump, involves the Donald Trump Department of Justice. Right. So we're going to talk okay. about that here in just Good. a second. All right. Uh, but in the meantime, got to do this. We're talking about our Patreon page. I got to mention our brand new subscribers on our Patreon page and give them a, a fine and hearty thank you for signing up. Uh, Jason Chilton, uh, Robert Heschel, Amy Fisher, Thomas Leon. Uh, Cynthia, Kathleen Fisher, L. Jones, uh, Jeffrey Peak, MD, John Gust, Leslie Speed, Tammy Cryer, and uh, Christian Tentoni. So all of those brand new subscribers to our Patreon page. Thank you. They Thank aren't missing you. out. They're on board. They're engaged right. in everything that's happening with this show. Uh, every Tuesday and Thursday, uh, we do the first two acts, the first two thirds of the show for free. Mm -hmm. And then we do the third act uh, as the Shadow Docket exclusively on our Patreon page. It's a completely unfiltered, commercial-free continuation of all the fun and news, and it's only going to cost you $5 per month. Just go to bobseskashow.com right now. Uh, look for the link that says The Shadow Docket Shows and sign up for $5 a month. Plus, you're going to be supporting this fully independent podcast. Don't miss out. Be like all those people whose names I just mentioned. They're on board. Again, it's bobseskashow.com. Bookmark it. Send it to all your friends. And we thank you in advance. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. 
Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Bob Seska. Oh yeah, brand new Seth Adam. This is from his uh, new album. It's called, uh, well the album is called Fits and Starts and Stops. This is a track called Where's Your Heart. Yeah, I love this album. We're doing a Seth Adam week this week. And uh, with the exception of the next break, I've got another song I want to play for you from Keith Daniel later in the show. But the whole rest of the week, we're playing Seth Adam music from the brand new album. Again, it's called Fits and Starts and Stops. SethAdam.com. Go and buy this album. Get this into your record collection right now. Uh, I've been following Seth Adam. He's a great guy. Politics spot on. And wonderful musician. He plays almost everything on this album. Uh, and I've been following his uh, Instagram too, and as he's constructed throughout the uh, pandemic, constructed his own home studio. And is—is uh, <laughs> is there a bicycle ringing at me? Is that—is that what we're hearing? Is that I what's going so. on? It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, it's Verizon calling me again. That's oh, okay. I, I have a bike bell as my ringtone. <laughs> yes. I, I was having some PTSD. I thought there was someone going to crash into <laughs> yeah. me there for a second. <laughs> on your left. On your left. Get out of the way. Yeah. Oh, my God, um, Yes. Anyway, be, be like Bob and support indie music. Yes, indeed. Yeah, I was watching Seth Adam build his studio, record this album. I was wondering, when is this album coming out? I kept pestering, when's the new album coming out? And it was just the, the name of the album is indicative of the process that Seth went through to get this album out. Fits and starts and stops. And uh, you'll be supporting a great guy. Once again, we're playing all Seth Adam music this week. And so uh, make sure cool. to follow him, SethAdam.com, also on Twitter, etc. All right, where do we leave off? So there was another bomb threat at Boston's Children's Hospital. On Friday. This is after we uh, finished the after party. We didn't report it on Friday, of course. Boston Globe reports that uh, police are investigating another threat to Boston's Children's Hospital. You might be saying, uh, yeah, this sounds like there have been many, Bob. And I say, yeah, this has yes, been the second in, in so many weeks. Right-wingers. Yeah, exactly. Matt Walsh 
who is a podcaster on Ben Shapiro's uh, Daily Wire network. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to play this clip one more time because this will give you a full scope in terms of what we should expect is going to happen at Boston's Children Ho- Children's Hospital because of this guy. This is Matt Walsh in uh, mid-August, is around August 13, when he first declared that his uh, listeners should fight Boston's Children's Hospital. Today on the Matt Walsh Show, children's hospitals around the country are butchering, mutilating, and sterilizing their young patients. Okay. None of that is true. None of that is true. That is not true. That's a gigantic lie. That is disinformation. That is a lie. That is a dangerous lie. With the intention of hurting people. Yes, exactly. We're talking about stochastic terrorism here. He's inciting his fanboys to physically attack Boston's Children's Hospital. And for now, they're calling in bomb threats. But how long until those threats turn into reality? Well, here's more Matt Walsh. According to Boston Children's Hospital... Literally every toddler who has ever been born or will ever be born is trans. That is not true either. Boston Children's they're not saying that either. This is all made up. This is stochastic terrorism in the context of something that Matt Walsh is inventing as a bit for his show to gain reach, to gain audience, to gain downloads, and most importantly, to gain advertising revenue. There are people, businesses, advertising on his show. There are podcast platforms, all the usual ones that carry the Matt Walsh show. And there is something to be held accountable about that too. So if you want to get active about this, make sure to mention that Apple Podcasts is still carrying the Matt Walsh show, where by the way, the Matt Walsh show is in I'm fairly certain in the top 10, ranked in the top 10 in news and politics on Apple Podcasts, and then subsequently all of the other platforms, Spotify, on down the line, Stitcher, all the usuals. I, you know, I don't know what it takes to get uh, Apple and and other platforms to stop carrying uh, Truth Social uh, and and all of these. I mean, uh, you mean Truth Central? Truth, truth uh, yes. Central. I'm sorry. Yes, I mispronounced Truth Central. <laughs> yes, truth, yes, Truth Central. I'm fairly certain that Apple, uh, whatever it is, the Apple App Store has gotten rid of. Troth Central from Didn't there. They? Yeah. Uh, last Troth, I heard, Troth they still had it. Central. Yeah, or either that or they're considering it. Uh, I only tangentially saw the news about that. There, There's an issue with uh, Troth Central's moderation policy <laughs> in terms of what kind of language it allows on the I platform. So. And yeah. I think these app uh, sales platforms, the app uh, stores and so on are skeptical about Troth Central's ability to weed out the racists and terrorists and Rightly all the rest so. of the extremists and so on. So I think they're in the process of uh, of uh, trying well, to get that I, app off the store. Forgive me if I'm behind the curve on that, but the last I heard, they were still carrying it, and that disgusted me. And anybody who still is, or any of uh, Matt Walsh's, or uh, any of these guys, it, it, you know, to to spread this kind of violence-inducing lie has got to be stopped. It's got to be curbed. God, if you're Apple Podcasts, why on earth would you want to be linked to a guy who is inciting terrorist attacks against Boston's Children's Hospital? I mean, it could be any place, but it's Boston's Children's Hospital. Why would you want to be linked to that? They don't want to miss a dime, and there are red hats out there who will sign up for it. Uh, Yeah. You know, it's, it's money. Have they not seen the news? Have they not oh, yeah. followed what's oh, going yeah. on with oh, yeah. mass shootings and bomb threats and all the rest of it? Eventually, 
someone's going to get into their head to get one of their rifles, one of their AR-15s out of their stockpile of armaments and march into Boston Children's Hospital one of these days. It it happened with the lie about the pizza parlor in Georgetown in Washington, D.C. Yes. uh, That that it was uh, the portal to an underground uh, child abuse network, Mm -hmm. uh, child sexual abuse, no less. Yeah. Uh, And and it it led a man to show up with a rifle. Mm -hmm. Uh, This really happens. These are violent inducing comments yeah. that are, are dangerous. It's worse than yelling fire in a, a fireless theater. Mm-hmm, exactly. So what I said before still applies. Yes. If you're going to tweet about this, make sure to tag Apple Podcasts and ask them, why are you still carrying this? Why do you still want to be partially accountable when the inevitable happens? And that is an actual domestic terrorist attack against one of these children's hospital locations, whether it's Boston or someplace else. doesn't matter. Everything is on the chopping block as far as Matt Walsh is concerned. And once again, it's one of the most grisly allegations that you could possibly levy against a hospital, that they are mutilating every child that is born there. And then when we consider the possibilities, the casualties that would occur in the event of an actual terrorist attack. I mean, that's the great irony of it. He's calling for his fanboys to fight Boston Children's Hospital. On one hand, he's trying to save the children, and on the other hand, he's endangering the children. I mean, that's what makes no sense about this, among many things. So it's inherently dangerous what's going on there. Indeed. Yeah, I I hope... I hope it can be stopped before something terrible happens. Yeah, perhaps the line should be drawn at inciting violence. Yes, absolutely. Well, uh, the next thing up here, maybe the biggest story of the day, is this Jeffrey Berman story where Jeffrey Berman's got a new book out. And Mm -hmm. we could have a whole separate discussion about how some of these guys are holding their breaking news until their book comes out, when the American Mm -hmm. people, I think, would benefit from knowing as it happened. Yes, and and, and, and justice, the wheels of justice would benefit from knowing at the time that it happens. Yes, so in this case, uh, Mr. Berman describes how Bill Barr, after taking office in February of 2019, suggested that the conviction of Michael Cohen, Trump's former lawyer for violating campaign finance laws, be reversed. Right. Mr. Barr also sought to stop related investigations into possible campaign finance violations, according to this book. Jeffrey Berman, if you remember, Jeffrey Berman was the guy who replaced Preet Bharara as the U.S. attorney in the Southern District of New York and SDNY. Right. And there was a whole big uproar about that because at the time it was rumored, at least, that Preet Bharara was in the process of investigating Donald Trump. And so he was removed. There was a temporary guy, an acting U.S. attorney put in that place. And then the permanent U.S. attorney to be appointed there was Jeffrey Berman. Right. And so uh, this story continues in his uh, book. Mr. Berman writes that department officials pressured the SDNY to prosecute the former Secretary of State John Kerry. Mm-hmm. When Mr. Berman's office investigated and declined to bring charges, the department sent uh, the matter to another U.S. attorney's office, which also declined to prosecute. In yet another episode, Mr. Berman writes that in September 2018, a department official called Mr. Berman's deputy two months before the November midterms. Uh-huh. After citing the recent prosecutions of two prominent Trump loyalists, the official said the office, which had been investigating Gregory B. Craig, we all know Greg Craig is a powerful Democratic lawyer, uh, should charge him and do so by election day. 
He was part of the Obama White House, and yes. uh, they they wanted Republicans wanted to even the score for the prosecution of Michael Cohen and one other uh, Trump associate. Yeah, uh, uh, they thought the, the important thing there was to even the score. Uh, when in fact, uh, Craig was innocent, and uh, the, even the prosecutors said so. But the case was taken away from them, mm-hmm. uh, and and they were not allowed to. Say that uh, the the man being investigated was innocent yeah. because they needed the the political capital there. Uh, it, it's a shocking story. It's an important mm-hmm. story about the corruption of the Justice Department by the Trump administration, and, and it must be pursued and investigated. And it is. This book has prompted a needed investigation. And and it also, by the way, takes a little of the shine off of Bill Barr that's been glowing <laughs> yeah. lately because of his frank comments about about Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're finding out Barr is less of a hero than he would like us to believe. We yeah. kind of knew that anyway, but now we're, we're seeing it in black and white. Mm-hmm. I, I have to address this, if not uh, briefly. Okay. Uh, I, I tweeted controversially this morning, and I knew I was going out a limb here. I didn't uh, at Rachel because I didn't want that much attention. Okay. But, but I wrote it because it, I'm a coward. But I, here's what I wrote. <laughs> I wrote, it has to be said, Rachel spent more than half her show last night promoting a book that reveals info we should have known 20 months ago with no mention of the 40 subpoenas issued or the Trump request to keep the investigation frozen or Trump's mystery trip to D.C. Why? Now, I go on to say that we've had a couple of people come forward to defend Rachel and Berman and Maggie Haberman, who I mentioned subsequently in this thread. Uh, You know, I was slow to get on this bandwagon, but we are tired as progressive we are tired of having news withheld from us by a journalist whose yeah. obligation is to report the news as she learns it, not later in a profit-making book. Uh, although it is true, and Rachel pointed out, that that Berman was following department protocol, he was following the rules, he was following the law in the production of this book. It didn't have to wait 20 months. The law doesn't require him to wait 20 months. Uh, and and we see how important what he had to say was because of the, the investigations it set off by the House Judiciary Committee. So it's obviously very important, and we're grateful uh, for everything Maggie does bring us and everything Rachel brings us and everything Berman bring, brings us. But why do we have to wait so long? Time is of the essence. Democracy is on the line. I'm not asking for instant gratification here, but I am asking that we that some of these folks stop focusing on a profitable book and focus instead on getting the information to the people who need it as quickly as possible. Don't they know that it cuts into the veracity of what it is they're reporting in their book, knowing or that they, they waited they, so long to hold they to, know, as a profit-making venture later on after maybe, they're done? Maybe they do know, but maybe they don't care because <laughs> the, the motive here is selling books. Yeah, but if no one believes what they've written because they've done it in an advantageous way, in a way right. that is self-aggrandizing and profit-making for them, I mean, you know, my, my first reaction when I see things like that is I go, well, it's obvious that they want to sell as many books as possible, and so I start to wonder, are they shaving the edges off of the truth in order to... <laughs> In order to do this. And I think that's a fair assumption to make, given the fact that they held this news for so long. Imagine if the boy who cried wolf waited 20 months and then came out with a book about it. Well, people would have already been eaten. (laughs) Right, exactly. Well, I mean, we're talking about basically 
now this is like the third story so far between 2018, 2020 of Donald Trump deliberately interfering with the election by manipulating uh, the federal government in order to give himself an advantage. We had uh, him using uh, our our missiles that were supposed to be sent to Ukraine to blackmail uh, Zelensky, I almost forgot his Mm -hmm. name, and to get an investigation launched into Hunter Biden and Burisma. And then we've got the obvious, the uh, insurrection as well, the big lie and everything that led up to it. Now there's this. And then you add that on top of whatever the fuck happened in 2016, it's revealing insofar as he really didn't think he could win on his own. I think that's a fair assumption. That yeah, well, Donald he didn't Trump- expect to win. He didn't expect to win the first time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. So Mr. Berman's book said that during Mr. Trump's presidency, department officials, this is the New York Times writing this, department uh-huh. officials made overtly political demands, choosing targets that would directly further Mr. Trump's desires for revenge and advantage. That's him. Mr. Berman wrote that the pressure was clearly inspired by the president's openly professed wants. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to set DOJ policy, isn't it? How to decide what to investigate yeah. and what not to investigate. That's the corruption of the DOJ, and it's shocking how yeah. easily that was accomplished. Uh, and as many of us know, a lot of those people are still there. Yes. The yeah. president's openly professed wants. That is so mm-hmm. telling. Uh, Throughout my tenure as U.S. attorney, Mr. Berman writes, uh, Trump's Justice Department kept demanding that I use my office to aid them politically, and I kept declining in ways just tactful enough to keep me from being fired. I walked this tightrope for two and a half years, and I'll add this right here, and said nothing about it until now, weirdly. Uh, Mr. Berman's now in private practice, and then he said, eventually the rope snapped. Yeah. Well, in Snap. fairness to him, there were certain things he couldn't say under uh, under law and under department rules. Uh, yeah. But but he could have said it as soon as he was fired or, or right. very shortly thereafter. I know he still has to clear some things with justice before he can say them. But uh, the word could have gotten out by now. And we see how important it is for the word to have gotten out 20 months ago because the investigation would be 20 months farther along at this point. Absolutely. And that's one of the things that we saw throughout the Trump years. There was a there was an entire conga line of Trump <laughs> officials who had been unceremoniously fired. And then subsequent to that, Donald Trump turning them into punchlines on Twitter. Uh, for example, Sloppy Steve. We all remember Sloppy Steve. Right. Uh, Steve Bannon basically created Donald Trump, convinced mm-hmm. him to run. And then as soon as Sloppy Steve was no longer useful to Donald Trump, he was fired, and then Donald Trump started calling him Sloppy Steve, and yet Sloppy Steve continues to support Donald Trump after the fact. It's just like Wajahat Ali said on the show last week, that it's just a bunch of people who are sucking Donald Trump's teats. It's almost like we compared it to that uh, alien cow monster at the end of the Peacemaker series last winter on HBO. It it was very obvious that Donald Trump is this gravy train for these guys, and they don't care if they're demonized by him or tormented by him. They're on board to collect as much cash as they possibly can. And tangentially to that, you get guys like Jeffrey Berman who wait – 
years after the fact to well, finally reveal the truth. We, and, we, uh, we thank him from coming for, for coming forward. That uh, is ultimately. true. I mean, that 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 much we appreciate. Yeah. Uh, but but like I said, I, I think I speak for a lot of us when I say it would have helped if we'd known this sooner. Yes, indeed. Know? Well, you now know? at the very least, the Senate Judiciary Committee is going to yes. investigate these allegations. This is the latest news. Uh, we had the initial Jeffrey Berman news on Friday. This is the latest news coming down today that Dick Durbin and the Judiciary Committee are going to investigate uh, allegations that the DOJ under Trump sought to use the U.S. Attorney's Office in Manhattan to support Mr. Trump politically and pursue his critics, the committee's chairman said on Monday. And this isn't just a Trump thing now. It's a Republican Party thing. I think it's important to remind people to point out right here that uh, Republicans have already pledged out loud what they will do if they get control of the House. They plan to impeach Biden. Mm-hmm. They plan to impeach, they, they plan to go after Fauci. They plan to impeach uh, Pete Buttigieg. They plan to impeach the education secretary. They've got six impeachments planned already that they have spoken about publicly. That's why we have to win this election. Yes. As I said last week, we have a real chance here. Let's not blow it. Let's, let's you know, run, run this through the, the goalposts. We, we've got to get this done because what's at stake here is very Trumpian and very, very scary for democracy and for our government. And I, I can throw in a couple other things here, if I may, just sure. some interjections that may or may not fit, but but I think they're <laughs> important and need to be said. Uh, on the subject of, uh, of uh, the 40 subpoenas that went out uh, over the, the, the past week, uh, and I said it before that Newt Gingrich is really at the heart of this. Newt Gingrich started the path that the Republican Party has been on right through the Trump presidency. Mm-hmm. And we now know that Newt Gingrich from way back when in the 80s is was very much involved in this fake electors scheme. And Newt Gingrich is very much at the center of this investigation that involves these 40 subpoenas that went out uh, over the past week. So uh, keep an eye on that. I, I would be very gratified if we could get to the man who started this nasty, lying version of politics, uh, the likes of which we've not seen before. Oh, yeah. And and, and uh, some sort of breaking news. Uh, we knew this was coming, but now it has happened. Uh, Senator Lindsey Graham has introduced a bill to ban most abortions nationwide after 15 weeks of pregnancy. That's less than half of a uh, pregnancy. <sighs> uh, so it's not, we're not talking about late term at all here. And, and uh, as somebody pointed out, this is really a ban on blue state abortions yeah. because most red states already have laws more severe than this one. So uh, this is really about going after the blue states. By the way, uh, Lindsey also wants to uh, cut Social Security. He wants to make the age for Social Security age 70, which cuts the Social Security budget by 21%. Uh, This is the Republicans going after your Social Security as well. Again, I can't underscore the importance of this election enough. Can we talk about how horrendous that is as a political sure. mistake. By well, Minnesota. I hope so. I mean, there's obviously the, so. the women's rights aspect of all of that as, right. as being a disaster if that were to ever eventually get passed, which I seriously doubt that it will, at least for the short term. But what a dumb thing to do in advance of a midterm election. 
because yeah, let's, what, ban, what, let's ban women's rights and take away Social Security. That's got to be a winning yeah. argument for us. In fact, Lindsay believes that this will unify Republicans at the polls this this November no. by, by making this proposal. No, no. You know what? Republicans are already unified. What this is going to do, this is going to further energize women voters. This is going to so. further energize pro-choice voters. This is so. going to further drive out new voter registration for people mm-hmm. who want to stop this awfulness coming from the Republican Party, this fascist idiocracy that they're bringing about here. And uh, and it's a colossal political mistake on top of being uh, immensely detrimental, deadly to millions of women in this country. Does he not understand where the political winds are blowing right now? I don't think he does. I don't think he understands. I don't think he gets good. it. So I, good, I, yeah. I, I mean, think you're respect, right, and fine. I hope you're right. I but I but I truly believe that is the case. And yeah. but but again, we can't rest on our laurels. We can't get too happy. No, uh, we, it it requires us. I I can't emphasize this enough. And I've said it a couple of times. I'll say it again. Uh, and, and I don't mean this in a nasty way, but what we've learned is we can't depend on our elected officials. We can't depend on the courts. We can't depend on journalists. It's up to us. It's on us. You know, we complain about our politicians. We complain about our journalists. But at the end of the day, it's on us. Yes. It's on us to register and to vote and to get other people to do so and to win this country back from these radical theocrats. Good good luck, Lindsey Graham. Good luck. Good luck with this colossal (laughs) fuck up. Good luck with everything, Lindsey. You've got a lot. You've got a lot on the road ahead of you. Okay. Lots more still to come. Back with more show right after this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Don't see the light. Yeah. We uh, wheeled this one out on Friday's After Party, giving another spin here on the free show, as we uh, normally do. I got a link in the description to support Kevin Daniel and, of course, Seth Adam. Go to bobseska.com. Find the uh, link for this episode. 
dated uh, 9-13-22. And uh, scroll on down, you'll find links to support all the indie music uh, on the show. All right? Go and do it. BobSuska.com slash music to submit your work to the show. Thank you for doing that, too. Okay, you were talking in the uh, previous segment about uh, the upcoming midterms and Democratic chances, how we still need to hustle, how we still need to bring the energy, et cetera, how we should not, should not get happy. Do not get happy. Do not get happy, as usual. However, I've got a bit of interesting poll news here. Looks like Looks like Tim Ryan has very slightly jumped ahead of J.D. Vance in Ohio. So that's some great news. That's the latest USA Today poll. And, you know, there's always the opportunity that it could be an outlier, but this looks, uh, based on the trends recently, this looks like it could absolutely be on the level. USA Today Network Ohio Suffolk University poll released Monday showed J.D. Vance and uh, U.S. Congressman Tim Ryan virtually tied in the race to replace retiring uh, GOP Senator Rob Portman. The Democratic congressman maintained a small lead with 46.6% of the vote compared to 45.6% of voters who still support J.D. Vance for reasons I will never understand. But you see how close this race is and how important turnout is to make the difference in this. If I may interject here, Bob, because I want to hear more good news, but as soon as we heard, uh, there there, there have been a litany of stories over the last week saying, hey, the Democrats are pulling ahead. The Democrats have caught up. The, The Republicans are What's happening to the Republicans? They're failing. What's going on? And so there's been this week of those kinds of reports. And then suddenly, and I think it was the Washington Post yesterday, came out with a story saying, guess what? All the places that are showing Democratic gains are all the places where the polls were wrong in 2020. Yeah. Exactly wah, wah. right. Yeah, right. You know, so, you know. Yeah. And, 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 and somebody, I think, appropriately tweeted, you know, isn't it funny how whenever the Democrats make gains, uh, something comes out to say that they're not, and that never happens the other way around. Yeah. I don't know if we're being messed with here or if this is true, but again, it underscores the importance of our votes. Well, remember, they also build these models for polling around right. the previous election. And what we have seen uh, certainly since the Dobbs decision, certainly since when the p- sort of preview of the Dobbs decision dropped, I forget if that was May, I think it was in May. Since then, women voters have been registering en masse uh, yes. throughout this period yes. of time. And that is going to change the demographics, change the dynamics of this midterm election. Yeah, uh, yeah. Plus, we've seen all of these successes that have occurred throughout August into September uh, from the Biden administration and the congressional uh, Democrats. So I think in that sense, we're talking about a whole new ball game here and i think we're starting to see that reflected in the polls a little bit but i don't think as accurately as we believe i think this is going to be a maybe a a bigger opportunity for the democrats to pick up some seats here i I certainly hope so i i I certainly see that as an opportunity but again it it shows how very very close this is and and how very important turnout is to get the results that we need to prevent those series of impeachments and all the other bad things that you know are, are coming uh uh, including cutting Social Security, if the Republicans gain power, it, it has to be stopped. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I'm concerned. Uh, you know, they they I, I you know again, I wonder if the intention was to make us worry. Is that why they wrote that that article, or is there really <laughs> something to that? You know, it yeah, just it, know. it feels like we're being messed with to a certain degree. It's interesting. Talk about cynicism. Uh, Republican candidates are are showing us how scared they are about losing 
the female vote mm -hmm. because now they're all uh, parading out their wives to show <laughs> us their softer side uh -huh. and their 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 lovely wives and their happy homes and their happy children uh, after after being mean about abortion and uh, trans rights and so many other things uh, now they want to show us how nice they are and how <laughs> and try to win women back talk about cynical to try to win women back by marching out the wives yeah. so uh, keep us keep a skeptical eye on all of that and feel free to point it out when you see it. Well, get ready. Tomorrow we've got Rachel Bittekoffer on the show. We're going to be talking about uh, congressional races, Senate side, House side, what oh. she sees. She is, of course, the election whisperer. So we're going to she talk is. to her about uh, where she's landing on uh, what will happen in the midterms. And, and Oh, where... I can't wait to hear. Because uh, there's a source I trust. Yeah, absolutely. And then next Wednesday, we've got someone who's brand new to the show, uh, a woman by the name of Gabby Goldstein, and uh -huh. she is an expert on state and local elections. Excellent. So tomorrow we've got the national races, and then next week we're talking state and local with Gabby Goldstein on the Wednesday show. So get ready for that. Hang on tight. The, re the, the real lunatics, the real Q crowd, yeah. are the ones that are running for school board seats to censor oh. books and to suppress uh, gay rights and trans rights. Mm -hmm. uh, these are the people... I mean, uh, the most damage is really being done at the local level. Please pay attention to your local races and yep. please vote blue all the way through. Yes, Vote indeed. all the way down ballot. So we were talking about revealing information long after it actually happened for the sake of selling books. Well, Maggie Haberman has done that once again. Uh, yes, she she reported the other day, <laughs> and this is something that occurred two and a half years ago two years, at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah over yeah. two years. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, Donald Trump considered not leaving the White House on January 20th, 2021, and we're only and now finding out about that. And, and repeated that intention uh, over and over again. Yeah. Uh, he repeatedly said, I'm not leaving. Right. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. And we're just now finding out. Now, we, in our hearts, we knew that that was his attitude. We knew that's what he was thinking. Mm -hmm. But here's evidence that could have been brought forth so long ago. I swear, as a journalist, it is your obligation to bring forth the news as soon as you have confirmed it yes and uh you know to wait two and a half years to put it in a book we're all just really tired of it maggie has done some good work in all fairness you i'm not going to throw the the baby out with the bathwater, but but you know this has got to stop this if you, you can't if it's my newspaper you can't work here if you're going to withhold vital news from the public instead of reporting it contemporaneously. Can you imagine if Woodward and Bernstein had held off on Watergate right. until 1976? I got, like I said, the wolf the wolf eats everybody if you don't pay attention to the boy. Yeah, it would, actually, it wouldn't even be 1976. It would have been like 1977, late in 1977. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like waiting on the Watergate story until... Nixon is out of office, which ostensibly right. would have been, had it not been for Watergate, would have been uh, January 20th, 1977. Exactly. Jesus I mean, I, fucking I, Christ. I, I, I know you wanted to talk about the Berman revelations and not so much this, but it really is hard to ignore this. I mean, yeah. again, the Berman revelations are great. They're important. They're helpful. They've launched important investigations that we need to get to the bottom of because this is a serious threat to our democracy to see mm -hmm. uh, the Justice Department corrupted in this way. But just don't sit on it for 20 I know, months. I know. Or two and a half years. You know, the weirdest. Case. Here's where I land on this Maggie Haberman thing, apart from the irresponsible reporting, mm -hmm. is that, man, I wish Trump had gone forward with that plan. I wish Donald Trump had decided, you know what? 
I'm staying. I'm not leaving the White House. You know why? Because I would have loved to have seen the U.S. Marshals drag that motherfucker out of the yeah. White House, uh, kicking oh. and screaming and thrown him back into the back of some fucking uh, official vehicle, hopefully oh. not putting their hand on his head and allowing him to bang his head <laughs> on the yeah, door like to the car. Yeah, like told the cops to yeah, do. Yeah, they right. Put, they put the hand, he said. Yeah, I want that to happen. If he's eventually arrested because of the Espionage Act violations and so on, right. I hope they don't put their hand on his head as he's loaded into the. Don't be so nice. Yeah. Don't be so nice. <laughs> right. That's exactly yeah, it, what he said. I remember. A, that. a lot of us. A lot of us had that fantasy, and a lot yeah. of other. And we continue to have these fantasies, like uh, the people who believe Trump had gone to turn himself in yeah. when he when he when he flew back to Bedmin and Bedminster, or back to his Virginia. I'm sorry, right back to Sterling, Virginia, his yep. estate there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen him dragged out of the White House. It's mine. You yeah. understand? Yeah. Mine. Yeah, that would have been fun. I think that would have been a fun thing to observe. The, the only difference is uh, Daffy Duck laughs, Donald Trump doesn't. <laughs> no, that's absolutely true. I, and I've seen more and more, more and more people noticing that, that Donald Trump never laughs out loud. The yeah. only thing he does, and this is the only time I've ever seen him come close to actually laughing, when he's teasing or trolling someone during his rallies, he'll sometimes go, eh. Yeah. Like that's as that's, close as he gets to actually laughing. Right. And and the lack of laughter is uh, sociopathic yeah. if not if not psychotic. Exactly right. All right. Uh so this judge has dismissed Trump's frivolous lawsuit against Hillary Clinton. That's See? some good news that's right how it there. Goes. Yep. That's everything he's filing, you know, and uh, he's filing briefs that sound like a Trump rally instead of referring to legal terms. Mm -hmm. And as long as he does that, he's going to keep losing just like he did with this one. And you know what that is, too? Money what? flushed down the toilet. Donald Trump oh, just yeah. flushing oh, yeah. cash. Hey. Other people's money. Yeah, yeah. Other, other people's money. His, <laughs> right. Probably not his money, but he's, yeah. No, 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 no. Be, once again, emphasizing the fact that Donald Trump's biggest victims are his own supporters, whether it comes sure. to his lies probably. and disinformation or if it comes to sucking them out of their life savings as they donate to Save America oh. PAC, which, by the way, is now also under investigation by this grand jury in Washington, D.C., looking into January 6th. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The election uh, fraud. Yeah, the, uh, the uh, fundraising fraud. The exactly money fraud. right. And guess who's been subpoenaed as a result of that investigation? Stephen <laughs> Miller has been, <laughs> ah, yes. has a... been subpoenaed. Yeah. Too bad. Only He can only testify at night because if he goes out during the day, it melts. <laughs> right. the sunlight melts his skin. So he of can't. Course. Yeah, he's like like an orc. Uh, from you know, there, there was a, the Lincoln Project had a great, is out with a great ad that came out. It was a one minute spot that they, they've been running on Fox News. Yeah. Uh, and and it, it basically, it talks about this fundraising scam for the legal fund that never was. Uh -huh. the, the Trump had raised money for his legal fund that wasn't and on based on the lie about the false election, which as you said, is being investigated. But it, it talks about uh, he, Donald Trump you know, conned you. He he lied about this. He lied, and then the spot ends with because the you know who the sucker is. It's you. Yeah. I mean, perfect. this this thing is directed at the Fox viewer and telling them that they've been conned, they've been hornswoggled, they've been suckered by Donald Trump, and uh, that's a wonderful message to keep driving home. And good for them for that one minute TV spot. Yes, indeed. That's also uh, wonderful news. By the way, mark your calendars. Yes. The January 6th committee returns on Wednesday, yes. September 28th. All right. 
So there will be at least one, maybe two hearings this yes. month. Uh, whether they go beyond that is sort of doubtful. They're ready to wrap up, but they they know they have a lot to pack in in the little time that remains. Uh, they're they're asking they're they're talking about asking for testimony from Trump, from Pence, from a number of a number of other people who probably won't give it. Mm-hmm. But uh, they, you know, they are obligated to try as part of the record that they're creating. Another thing to add to the list for Donald Trump's sleep struggle, as Lawrence yes, O'Donnell calls good. it, which is one of my favorite <laughs> things in yeah. recent memory from the Lawrence O'Donnell show, referring to Donald Trump as having a sleep struggle. Probably just mm-hmm. trying desperately to fall asleep, knowing that the the justice is closing in rapidly on his gigantic pumpkin head. Uh, will it be tomorrow? Will it be the next day? We don't know, Donald. Could be any still, time now. When you least I, expect it, expect it. Overall, I think he still thinks he's invincible, but there have got to be those moments of doubt at this point. There have got to be. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he believes he's invincible, but he's not. Right. He is not at all. Right. This is, he may I, be starting to wonder about that. <laughs> yeah, this is a fast-moving situation for Donald Trump mm-hmm. in which... There are more crimes being committed, and this is just on one investigation alone, the Espionage Act investigation. And as you said, uh, I guess it was last week or the week before, we should we should keep emphasizing the Espionage Act aspect of this. Yes. When you talk about the, the Mar-a-Lago search and seizure, Espionage Act. Always, it's the always Trump. It's the Trump espionage scandal. That's exactly right. That's what it is. Yeah. Yes, and if he knew any better. He would be hunkering down. He would be putting together right. that go bag to get ready, that Mike Trout style go bag to fit in the back trunk in, in an unmarked car parked at the airport so in case he needs to leave suddenly. He's got the go bag ready, you know, a bunch of cash, passport, fake passports, assumed identity, all the rest of it, hop on an airplane to a non-extradition nation. If I were Donald Trump, I'd be absolutely planning that because yeah. the walls are closing in. And we're all here for it. That's for sure. Oh yeah, we are. And listen, I, I don't know what you're going to talk about. I know you're about to tell us, but in the in today's shadow docket, I want to talk about uh, Trump's argument that some of this stuff may not be classified. <laughs> well, oh let's yeah. Talk about let's talk about the importance of that uh, in the shadow docket for those who are Patreon members. That and a whole lot more coming up next. See you over there, yeah. folks. Bye bye. The Bob Seska Show. Silhouettes of sails, carving captions on the wall. Counterfeit garbage makes the message look so Shambles and shadows 
be Christian.